0: Buying a home right out of college can actually be done. Yes, this is a real-life first-time homebuyer. And he's telling the story of him and his girlfriend, how they were researching buying a home with less than six months out of college and in the adulting workforce world. And discovered that they could indeed buy a home without two full years on the job. And in fact, his girlfriend stayed in school and was still in grad school when they made this purchase. So let's hear a real story that can help you in your quest to buy your first home. Let's do it. What is up, everybody? You know what time it is. It's the best time ever on the How to Buy a Home podcast. It's when somebody else talks instead of me. We're recording this on Labor Day, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can watch me sweat because they turned off the air conditioner for the weekend in my office. But Quasi's chilling in his new home. I'm assuming you're in your new place, right, bud? Yep, yep. Awesome. So what we like to do is check in with our folks who ended up getting a place. So, Quasi, tell us. Everyone out there wants to know how to buy a home. They're super stoked that you're in a home. But what are some of your biggest tips in the entire process for anyone who's thinking about trying to buy a house?
1: So I would definitely say that my biggest tip is when you first even start thinking about wanting to get your own place, whether you're living at your parents or you're just getting out of school, or you want to have your own place instead of running one to, to definitely do your research. Cause between me and my girlfriend, we definitely did our due diligence researching, you know, how the process went. Cause neither of us had any idea how the heck you bought a home. So Doing my research on that, like looking on things online, figuring out stuff with credit, and then eventually looking and leading me to your podcast was a big help in us being able to accomplish this goal.
0: Now, for those of you listening, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about Quasi and his girlfriend, where they live, what they do and all that. But one of the things I like to do is I'm tired of listening to podcasts and listening to introductions for 12 minutes before anybody says anything. So we just got right in the meat. So talk to us about the research. Did you have anybody in your life that you could talk to or
1: were you doing this all old school on your own? No, we didn't really have, besides our parents, my girlfriend's parents, they built their own home. And my parents, they moved here from Africa way back when, and they bought the house that they live in now, which I grew up in. So we had a little bit of guidance from that perspective, but Like, as you know, the market is very different from when our parents bought their homes or built their homes and even different from five years ago. So I'd say a lot of it was research that we did on our own, just kind of getting on Google, which is a millennial's best friend and figuring out, you know, how to do the thing. (laughs) Okay. That
0: just got me super excited. So first generation, both your parents, you and your girlfriend, one built their place and the other one immigrated and bought their place so you're the first generation grew up here that bought a new place didn't build one from scratch or come in yeah wow that's awesome okay so then google how did your google search go
1: so basically how it really went was so we figured we wanted to get into a place at the beginning of the year so it was like around january february i had a couple conversations with my dad because he was always like before you even want to rent something, I would rather you stay and live in the house before you would waste money renting anywhere. So that kind of kick started off with me. And me and my girlfriend, our first thoughts were like, we wanted to move into the Albany area, which is where we are now, which is where I grew up. And we wanted to find a place that two of us could have our own. And we initially were thinking about renting. And then I had a conversation with my dad and I spoke with her about it. And then we were kind of like, let's see what we can do here. So I just like, I think your podcast was probably one of the first things I saw, but I knew before anything else that, which your podcast reinforced, that the credit was the biggest thing that you had, obviously, if you're going to take out a mortgage. So that kind of kick started off for me. And it was funny. I think I remember one of your episodes. Well, I had started listening to your podcast. I don't even remember what episode it was. It wasn't in the beginning. It wasn't the most recent one, but I was listening to one of them and you had said I know most of you are going to do probably go to the beginning of the podcast and listen to all the way through, but you advise like to bounce back and forth, listen to an old one and then a new one and an old one and a new one. And it was funny because after I listened to a couple, I'm like neurotic in a way where like I want to listen or watch things from the beginning to the end. Like, Like Survivor, I started watching in like 2019, 2020 or something like that. And I had watched the first episode that was on Netflix. It was like 28 or something. And then I had went back and watched the first season of Survivor all the way to the end. So I kind of wanted to treat it like that. But then I kind of took your advice and just about like questions would pop up in my head regularly and I'd look and be like, huh, let's see what this title, if this would pertain to the question I have. So it kind of worked out that way that I was able to bounce back and forth and figure stuff out as I went. I am
0: seriously going to go back because I redid one of the early podcasts. I'm going to redo another one because my wife and I are just like you, man. We are completists. Like if we were a couple years late on Breaking Bad, and then it was like nothing else for like a month. It was just every single night, every episode in order. The difference here is I am trying to give current market advice, and like I go back and listen to my tax episode, and I'm like, wait, wait, don't listen. It's all changed. Everything's (laughs) different now. (laughs) Okay, so then – Now that we got these great tips and well, that's amazing. I love that your parents were like trying to make sure even telling you to stay at home. I think that is a great tip for a lot of people. If you get enough guidance and research and education and overall empowerment, sometimes people, you don't go out and get that apartment right away. As much as you want to, you might be able to stick it out for a year or two at home. So that was some great advice you had going in. So tell us about your journey How long had you been employed before you started thinking about this? Did you have the full two years?
1: No, and it's funny that you bring that up because I was going to mention something about that. So Mm. my girlfriend and I graduated undergrad. Well, she graduated earlier in 2021, but I graduated in December. And it was pretty much the beginning of the year. We wanted to start looking at a place right after we got out of school. So I was a construction management major, and I'm currently an assistant project manager at a general contracting firm in Albany. And I had interned with them in 2021 for about four months, just because it was something I needed to do to complete my curriculum at Utica University, where I went. So I had done that. And then I started working with them, I think, this year in January of this year, like I was saying. And I had like some construction background. I did some professional fire restoration, fire cleaning, And some reconstruction, but I only had had, I think, when we started looking, a combined like four or probably like six months of experience in the field. But something I did learn that was when we were looking to finance our loan and get that mortgage. I don't know if it was a credit union type of thing or if this is a fun fact that I may have found without realizing it, but they told me that the two years mark that they say that you need isn't really necessary if you go into a profession that you went to college for. So if you got a degree for, say, like being a veterinarian and then you became a veterinarian, usually the banks or whoever you're loaning from. And like I said, I don't know if it's just federal credit unions because that's who we got our mortgage from. But that was a fun fact that I learned along the way that you didn't need to necessarily have that two years, but you could still do it that way.
0: That is a huge one. And I'm very tentative to talk about that a lot on the podcast because it's different everywhere and it's different with every bank, but there is now becoming this in general rule. And again, for those of you who are completists like Quasi here and you actually are re-binging this whole thing and you're listening to this and you're two years behind, if that's the case, it might be different in 2025, but today in 2022, if you are going into something where you are graduating it, or if you are even changing careers, if you have either a new contract with that new career, or if you're coming directly out of college, this is a huge thing. A lot of times they're going to count internships. They're going to count all that stuff. And especially if you're going into the same field, there are a lot of loans that you can get. So you started with the loan process and what were your next steps How long did you look online at houses before you went and got in your car?
1: So we started kind of looking at all the sites like Realtor.com, Zillow, probably in the beginning of the year, like January, February, March. And then we had gotten to the point where we were like, all right, we think we can take a step forward. So before we kind of even started getting on our car and looking around, we had started looking at a Realtor that we want to go with. And another advice I took from your podcast is... We'd interview three different realtors. And before that, we actually, I think I talked to a couple of them. Like, I started hanging up um, former bosses, former colleagues and stuff like that, seeing if they had any recommendations. And I took two recommendations, one I got from somebody I would worked with in the past and then one from my current coworker. And we interviewed with them. And funny enough, I had reached out to you because obviously you say on the podcast that you have your crew of, of unicorns. And I was like... I know that you're on the West Coast. I didn't know if you had any connections over here. And funny enough, you did. And I think it was right after we had met with the second realtors. It was a husband and wife. They worked at actually the same broker, the realtor we went with worked at. I think literally right after our interview with them, you had emailed me back and sent me the contact to Margaret Hazepis, which also shout out to her because she was amazing through the whole process. Me and my girlfriend love her and She helped us a lot through it, but you had reached out to us about her and we were kind of trying to figure out who we wanted to go with with the two we had interviewed. And then you came to us with her and you set us up on email. We reached out to her and we set up a meeting with her. And it was funny, like we had just gone to that broker's office. And then like three days later, we were going right back to the office to meet with a different realtor. (laughs) And then (laughs) we talked with her. It was probably like 15 minutes and we were like, yeah, we definitely got to go with her. Cause she had that mix of like experience, but she wanted to help out first-time homebuyers, so we thought she was a perfect fit for us. And she kind of helped us really kickstart our journey of actually figuring out what we wanted, where we wanted to live, and how would we get to that point. So,
0: well, I am West Coast, but my family's from Buffalo, and right. I was actually born there. But I got to tell you, man, it's been three and a half years of the podcast now, and it's been rough for me because I tell people two things, interview, 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 and there's a chance I might have somebody for you in the area, but it's tough to find that perfect fit for a first-time homebuyer, experienced who wants to work with you. And I remember the first time I talked to Margaret, I was like, oh, I got a good Albany person. I was so excited. And it warms my heart to hear the stories that for you, that you guys pulled it off. And I'm glad, I want people to feel comfortable. Check with the unicorns, that's great, but check on your own too. I'm trying to do some matchmaking. You're a bright guy, you did your research on your own, but getting that leg up is such a huge difference in what you're trying to do. So, like I said, it's Labor Day, and if you're watching on YouTube, check me out. I'm sweating my face off, that's awesome. Woo! So, speaking of sweating things, what were you sweating? During the process, did anything jump out at you and freak you out? Did you have any scares?
1: Come on, man. We all want to know. So I think the biggest scare overall was probably like having to put multiple offers before we could get like any feeling with anything. But on the contrary to that statement, we got very lucky, I feel, because we only put two offers on a house. So before we put an offer on this one, there was one other prior to this one. And we didn't get that one, but we had ended up getting this one. So it worked out pretty well for us. And aside from that, just not thinking that we had enough, but not knowing if we had enough for the closing costs, down payment, the year's worth of taxes, and all that stuff that we kind of learned on the way. I think the year of taxes for square was the biggest thing because that was one thing throughout all my research That was something I didn't know that you would need until we actually had met with one of the realtors we talked to. So along the journey, like with everyone, we talked to all the different lenders, banks, the realtors, we kind of learned a little bit from each person, which helped out. But I think those two things were definitely...
0: That's a big one. For those of you listening who haven't gotten to the episode yet about closing costs, it is the most frustrating thing as a professional because we can't give you the answer because... It's a percentage, like a percent or percent and a half, one to one point five percent, a point or point and a half in fees. But then, depending on what state you live in and depending on what time of the year it is, that's what's crazy. It's like, oh, we forgot. And part of your closing costs is an entire year of taxes. That's thousands, especially if we're like in California. That's one percent of your purchase price. So that's four thousand bucks if you're buying a four hundred thousand dollar place. That can be totally different if you've planned. I have my perfect 5% down plus a little bit extra. Oh, but now you need to put 4000 extra down. So those closing costs, yeah, that can be a biggie. And I'm glad that you figured it out. Now, where did you guys end up price point-wise? Were you in the twos, the threes, the fours, the fives, the
1: sixes? We were in the twos. So with the top of our price range, we... I figured when we started looking was three, we didn't want to go above 300,000. So anywhere between 220 and like 300 was kind of the price point we were looking for. And we ended up getting our place at around two and a half. And for your approval, did you get your approval based on the
0: average salary for that career that you had gotten a degree in? Or did you have the job in place? I have the job in place. So it was based off of my salary. And how many months had you actually been working there paid before you got the loan approval? Was that four months, five months? I think
1: four or five months.
0: So to everybody out there who thinks you need 20% down and to everybody who thinks that you have to wait two years after you I mean, there is a logic to it. I understand why the banks think so. But logically, if you graduate with a degree, it doesn't make sense that you need to have two whole years outside of college. Before they're going to say, oh, okay, now you can get a loan. So that makes great sense. Now, I think everybody who's buying a home with a partner wants to know, what were the things you were looking for? What were the things she was looking
1: for? Where did you compromise, buddy? (laughs) Uh, There wasn't really much compromise. I think between the two of us, we kind of, in a way, we were both not very picky and we had communicated over a couple of things a lot, but I think the biggest things were we wanted a decent sized yard, backyard, because she has a big family. And then my family's here in Albany. So for entertaining purposes with like all our friends, we wanted a decent sized yard where where we could entertain. And then we wanted three bedrooms, which I think along the way, I thought we would have to compromise on that, but not as much as we did, because there was a lot of three bedroom homes in our price point that we would Potentially be able to get. And then one big thing too was that we didn't want any carpets. But the funny thing about that is our stairs and our entire second floor is pretty much carpeted. So (laughs) that was something we kind of compromised with each other on. But we love the house. It's a beautiful place. It was actually sold to us by a contractor because it was a flip. So they did a really good job and it's a really nice sleep place. So, okay. Well, people want to know about that.
0: What are your tips? red flags and good things about buying a flip, especially
1: for someone who studied some of this in school too. So I think one of the biggest things is if you're buying a flip is getting some guidance and information from maybe your parents, somebody who's bought a house, or if you were to know any contractors, that's a big thing to maybe have them come see the house. Cause that's something you definitely could do if you had gotten a private showing with your realtor and definitely pick the inspector's brain if you hopefully do choose to go with an inspection and not waive it. Um, they, they, I think they have a lot of knowledge on flip houses and houses in general. So definitely have conversation with them and ask them as many questions as possible when you're looking at things. And also if it's possible, if you can talk to the seller and kind of pick their brain as well. And obviously there's stuff that's going to be in the disclosure. And then Stuff you may be able to ask just in general, but just making sure that it's flipped well and there's nothing that's hidden and your inspection goes well. And if you need any further inspections past the general one to definitely get that. That's great advice.
0: So for listeners out there who've never gone through the process before, when you put your money down and you get an offer accepted, you have an opportunity to do an inspection. Then after that inspection, you have an opportunity to get Individual specified pros you can have if the general inspections notices some plumbing or electrical or roofing, you can get those guys out there, too, and have them come back for a secondary inspection. And all of that can happen before you end up deciding to move forward completely with the house. In most places, you're still protected with an option period or a contingency period or a due diligence period. But it's very important that you understand and realize that when your offer isn't accepted, you're not locked in and your inspection just isn't telling you this is what you got too bad. So that's awesome. That's very exciting. Okay. Well, anything else you want to share with our audience about buying a house? We appreciate all your wisdom. I picked your brain a little bit here, but any other little bits and pieces or Have we got everything from you?
1: I think the biggest thing is in this market, try to be patient, but also not too patient. And just make sure, like you always say, you get a strong team behind you and do your due diligence in researching how to buy a home. Because that helps a lot with the conversations you can have with your realtor or your partner or whoever you may be planning to buy the house with, whatever team you're doing it with. and. You got podcasts now that go through the alphabet of different terms that you can learn with buying a house and all that type of stuff. So, that's definitely a useful tool. And just making sure you soak up as much knowledge as possible so you can make the process as seamless as it can be for yourself.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. Trust in your team, but the more research you do ahead of time, the more collaborative it can become. So, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much, my upstate boy. Congratulations to you. I love it. Having somebody out there. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.
1: All right, David. Thanks.
0: Well, plenty of good nuggets in there for you if you're thinking about trying to buy your first home and some great news. I'm so excited. No matter where you are in the buying process, there are some great tips in there. As he said, he used the millennials best friend and started with Google Google found the podcast, realized that maybe he was a bit of a completist. As I've told you guys, if you just listen to this one, jump around, pick the titles that are best for you is the best way to listen to the podcast. But by doing his preparation and figuring out what they needed to do, they were able to take advantage and do something pretty much on their own. They had lots of encouragement from their families. But it had been so long since they'd done this, and one of the set of parents actually never bought a home. They built their home, and Quasi's parents immigrated and bought their home so long ago, they really didn't know how to do it today. So thankfully, they put the time in and they put the research, and one of the most important things you can get from that is that if you are in college and you go into a career that's directly related to the field that you were studying in college, for some lenders... You don't need the two years. That's a huge one. A job in the field that you get your degree and you can get yourself a loan without having to wait two years. That's two years you're not spending money on rent. That's two years that you're going to have a forced savings account. That's two years that you get a fixed income right away. And I know it doesn't seem like much, but if you look back on it, When you're 35, if you bought your first home at 22, 23, you're going to have a ton more equity. So if you've got questions, go to howtobuyahome.com. Everything you need is there. We got the first-time homebuyer starter kit to get you going wherever you are in the process. And of course, if you're digging the information, please leave a review on Apple, on Spotify, on Google. The more reviews we get, the more people find it and the more people that we can help. I know we've had tons of stories of 19-year-olds and 21, 22, 23-year-olds buying homes, and you're thinking, geez, what do these guys know that I don't know? Well, it's pretty simple. Nobody knows what they don't know. Or should that be everybody knows what they don't know? I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And when it comes to buying a home, you can't really listen to someone who's done this before because the rules are changing all the time. So what's stopping you from finding out what you can and can't do? What's the worst thing that can happen? You're going to find out that you don't qualify now. I mean, you already think that anyway, so you find out what you supposedly already know. But maybe that's not the case. When you officially ask someone, the worst thing that can happen is that they can verify what you think is going on, but they can give you a plan that's going to move you forward out of that situation faster. And the speed of your plan is crucial when it comes to buying your first home. Every single one, I mean, every single one of the first time homebuyers that I've worked with over the last 16 years here in Southern California, as well as all over the country with the podcast, they all say the same thing. I wish I had started planning earlier. Every single one. That's because once they figure out how this whole thing works, They realize that the sooner that you have a plan together, the more options you get when you buy and the more options means a better deal for you. So if you're renting and you got a decent job, it's not if you can buy a home, it's when. And your when is sooner when you get yourself a real plan. You can do this.